So at the end of the day, if my kids were to ask me, dad, mom, how should I feel about this? Or just like, you have to create one of your own personal feelings. Don't let my personal point of view guide you into this. Like you have to understand, I saw it as a wrong later in life. Not when I was growing up between the age of like seven to 16. I found out it was more of a problem when I was 18, 20, when I started to read, write, and understand the bigger picture of everything. Cause that's where the criticism comes in. Like when I see blackface now, it's like, no, that's a problem. But my grandparents and my great grandparents and my mom and just like, no, we saw blackface. We knew it, it was a problem, but it was the, it was the normalcy of the time. We need our kids and our grandkids to accept the fact that like, if you see blackface, acknowledge that it's a problem from the beginning because your ancestry accepted it as a norm and that you guys at the end of the day should say like, no, this should never exist currently in the status quo. That's how I personally feel about it. So if I were to have kids, I would tell them straight up. My kids, my friends' kids, everything like that, we should see it as, well, dad, mom, you guys weren't, you guys accepted it then. Why can't we accept it now? It's like, no, because we are trying to progress as a generation from the faults of previous generations. So in the 20s, so if it's the 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, where racism was a big, significant problem itself it is our responsibility now as the next generation to find a solution to it and it's for our kids and grandchildren to not be in the vacuum of figuring out how do we try to create a try to create a solution to a problem that our previous generations had to face at the end of the day it's my responsibility to teach my kids and my grandkids you shouldn't have to deal with this so when i tell my friends and my other friends like hey you face racism you fight racism with love and you also try to teach peace to it. If you see blackface, you should confront it. If you because if you don't, it spreads at the end of the day. That's how I feel about it. Right. Wow, bro, you almost brought tears to my eyes. <laughs> really did almost bring tears to my eyes. Because like like I told you, my homegirl mm -hmm. has a mixed child. But what I didn't tell you was I'm also mixed. Yeah. I'm mixed with slavery. Mm. I'm from Antigua and Barbuda. Ooh. So my grandfather is Irish. Yeah. My grandmom is, I don't really know if she's Indian okay. or black, but when I saw her when I was younger, when I said I was nine, and she was in her mid-50s, yeah. she was straight gray. Yeah. Like, right now, like, sometimes I got to wonder, like, about myself, because it's like, it just pops up. And my hoga asked me, she's like, yo, He's eight years old and his dad is not around. So, like, how do I talk to him about his black heritage? I don't know anything about his black heritage. Yeah. Like, I'm white. Yeah. And I was stuck on stupid. <laughs> kind of wish she was there. Yeah. So, I'm Irish and black. My mom's black. My dad's white. And I grew up in a black household. My dad and my mom separated at a younger point. My mom died when I was young, and I grew up in a black household. So for me, I was surrounded by black culture, and I grew up in black culture. At the end of the day, if you look at me, you look at my hair, you see the curls, but you'll say you're mixed. You won't, uh, you won't identify what I'm mixed with immediately, but you'll say you're mixed no matter what. I've got white... Puerto Rican, white, Dominican, but when I say what I'm Irish and black, I could see the black, so I could see the curl somewhere. And it's just like, okay, that's understandable, but how do you tell someone who is biracial, a mulatto in some point of view, how to identify? You have to first understand what you see in yourself. 
So I'm very light-skinned at the end of the day. Right. But if I look at myself in the mirror, I know my ancestry at the end of the day. I know what my grandparents look like. I know what my siblings look like, and they're black. So at the end of the day, I identify with my blackness, but I understand that I don't perceive, I don't see my, I don't get looked at as being black. I see myself as being lighter skin. So I get the privilege of being looked at as lighter skin. Right. For this child or any children that see themselves in a mom that's black, dad that's black, in any combination, at the under, at the end of the day, you are mixed race, but your identification should always be biracial, but you in, internally should understand what did you actually grow up in. I didn't grow up in a white household. I didn't grow up with white benefits in the sense of like, my dad didn't spoil me. Things. I grew up in a household with four other grandkids, my cousins. I grew up in an inner city in a... In a black household so I understood what struggle meant I understood what child support is because that was the dynamic of what it meant to be mulatto in a black family so when I would say to anyone who is mulatto who don't really understand how to identify like not for nothing SATs applications how do you identify yourself put other identify yourself what you know your identities I write Irish and black because I can't put African-American at the end of the day because I'm not fully African-American. But if you write white, they'll see you as white, skin color wise, but you as yourself at the end of the day are not that. So I don't want to be like, oh, I'm playing both sides. Because I thought about that when I was in high school, when I was in college. Can I ask that yeah. question? Why don't you want to feel like you're playing both sides? Because What's I, your personal belief? Because a personal belief, because I grew up in a black household where I understood struggle. And right. the struggle is what is important to me at the end of the day. Uh-huh. I grew up with grandparents who raised six grandkids right. that is mixed across the board. All black, some black, mixed. But I understood at the end of the day, my me being this color isn't going to get me further in life than my cousins, my sisters, or anyone like that. I grew up in the same culture as everyone else. I went to inner city school. I went to inner city high school. I went to inner city middle school. I went to Rockers North. I grew up understanding that like my, me being this color wasn't getting any benefits. It got my it got people's eyes on me, but it wasn't going to move anything further in my life. What made you think it wasn't going to get you further in my life? Because I went to an inner city school and I was asked so like, how do you identify? I know what my mom looks like, I know what my dad looks like, but I know what house I grew up in. And if I write on application what my dad's benefits are, who's a military police officer, retired, I can get benefits that way. But I don't live in a military benefits household. I don't gain anything from that. I grew up in my grandparents' household because my mom died young. I grew up with my grandparents and my grandfather. I grew up in my grandparents raising me, my young, older sister, my younger sister, with two of my other cousins. So I had five people consistently around me from the age of 8 to 18. So in my mind, I grew up what it meant to be and a poverty household getting child support that was $300 a month due to the fact that there was a standard already in place for me. I get $300 because my mom and dad had an agreement but that was due to the fact that my dad's white my mom's black and there was an agreement already placed for me but I'm this color I think I'm literally you, you look at me and you're like you can say oh he's mixed but you, me and you are not the same color at the end of the day. Not really, because now I'm gonna show you something. Yeah. If, we, if it was sunny, if it was sunny outside, you would look at my complexion and you'd be like, "No, wait." A yeah. He's not completely black. No, I wouldn't. I would because say you're definitely mixed. You'd be like, "He's mixed because of that red melon." Mm-hmm. That's what I identify with. Yeah. When, I, when I look at you right now, your features, like I identify that same red melon. Yeah. Like. Like, like, look at my legs. You yeah. like, you know, like, you're like a whole different. Yeah, shit. no, you're a whole different person at the end of the day. But that's also, I was the only uh, 
not what it's a mulatto, but if you looked at my graduating class in high school, yeah. it was the only white person in my class. Right. Because I grew, I went to university high school in the city of Newark, yeah. but if you compare it to the rest of my class, I'm the only person this color. Because right. I grew up in inner city, I think, and I went to an inner city high school. Right. But the benefits of being this color did not gain me anything. I, I went through the same struggle as everyone else. All right, so I'm going to show you why it didn't gain you anything. All right? And this is going to blow your mind because you're going to be like, damn, why did I think about this? All you had to do was change your view. So I learned this being in prison. Yeah. Added the correctional facility, D-Block 42 Company, 5-Cell. And there's a gray wall right there in front of my cell as I look out the window and there's a tree. Every day a bird would come and land on that tree branch at the same time every day for the, for, for the next two years. And every day I would look out that window and I would get pissed the fuck off because I'm just seeing this great wall. Like why the fuck they don't paint this shit or something like that? Why the fuck I can't see past this wall? Right? And I say, you know what, man? It's time for me to make a move because I'm getting tired of looking at this same shit. It's driving me nuts. Mm-hmm. So what did I do? I filled out for another program. Mm-hmm. Ended up going to the mess hall dorm. So now I get to see the yard. So yeah. even when I don't want to go outside, I, I get, get entertained. Yeah. I was happy. Change the environment. Change the pace. All I had to do was just realize what I didn't like anymore and just move away from it. And do something else. See, you have everything that the dark person really don't have. That's where we make up for it in our vernacular. Yeah. Our charisma. Yeah. How we move. Yeah. We gotta we gotta work extra hard. Oh no, I hear you on that. Now check this out. Yeah. You got it to where as you can pass through the wall and nobody even goes there. Exactly. And I felt some type of way about that because... You wasn't supposed to feel some type of way see. about that. I'm going to tell you why. Because you got the family on your back. Mm-hmm. And you got to leave the family to mm-hmm. the hills. Yeah. From the slums. Yeah. Like you just said, you know what that felt like. Yeah. And, you know, in poverty. Yeah. So you know that. So you ain't fake. Yeah. It made you fake because you had to do what you had to do. You were getting your family to exist. But yeah. You're a man. That's what. That's that's what's that called. That's but, and, and the crazy thing is, if I were to go outside in the city, in the inner city that I grew up in. I can accept it for being black. I can say the say nigga as much as I want. Yeah. Things like that because I grew up in the culture. But my fam, people knew who I was right. because everyone else around me was like, "Oh no, I know who his sister is. I know who his brother is. Mm-hmm. I know my, I know his grandparents because they know what I look like." But if I were to go into PA, New York, if I went to someone that was more predominantly uh-huh. white, and if I would drop those words, that's racist. Why? Because they see you immediately as being white. Why? Because they see my skin color at the neck. Why? Because they could be like, "Oh, you're passing as something as privilege." They'd be like, "Oh no, I got my." Mom, a tatted on my back. Why? Because they see me as what my skin color is, what not by my parents. You oh, I'm black at the end of the day. So what the fuck you give a fuck about? Oh, I don't. Down, I don't care. Think about it, see? Oh, I don't care. But it's not about what I don't care at the end of the day. Because when I get per, per, when I get but viewed, it's the classification that oh, somebody no, the class- puts you in. Yes, but the classification is not what I care about. It's what they care about. You see what I'm saying? And yeah. then that's what I'm trying to ask you now. Yeah. It brings you back to why do you care? Because my classification was inner city youth. And I grew up on that. Right. Now that I'm 28, I live in a more white area. 
uh, I'm predominantly white area, but I work in a business that's white. And as someone that's the only color person in my business, I get by with I'm like, oh, you know, I pass for, you know, diversity at my job, but that shouldn't be enough. My job should be doing either more to hire diversity. So how do you establish that? I, you, I go out of my way to make sure I get people diversity hired my own way. Because I have to push that agenda. My right. job's not going to push that agenda because they're at the end of the day, they're businessmen, just like I'm a businessman. But now I'm going to show you something. Remember when you were a kid? Yeah. And mom's uh, got grandma. Yeah. Grandma's and makes investments that you don't like. Like me, I don't like asparagus. I don't. I don't. I hear you on that. That shit's nasty. <laughs> I hear you on that. Asparagus is nasty. Like, give, me give me broccoli. Give me something broccoli. else. Yeah. Asparagus you is like. put no cheese on no. there, nothing. I eat that thing raw too, yeah. grandma. I just rinse it off. Right? Yeah. You know what I mean? But now, asparagus, egg yolks, those yep. type of things for me, I was like... I don't want that. No. Like, I would be late to school. Yeah. Coming into school with wealth on my ass. Yeah. Because my mom's going to be like, bro, I work too hard. To not, for you not, for you to, not, not to be able to eat. Yeah, I hear you on that. For Trust me, my grandparents would tell me the same thing. My grandma would right. make breakfast every day. And I'm like... Bugging, like I don't like the yolk. It makes no. me want to throw up. Yeah, no, I hear you. I was a big eater growing up because that was a that was a decision. My mom, my dad, my grandparents are just like what he can and can't eat. All this stuff. No, I hear you on that. Trust me, I'm at the age in my life where I can understand the identity politics, the prefaces, everything about it that made it make sense for me being younger of what I can. Identity is fluid, and I've understood that. But to me as a core, I identify as an Irish black man who grew up in the city of Newark. And at this point in his life, I'm surrounded that I grew up black friends, black right. culture. That's who I'm with. Right. When I'm with my white friends, everything like it's for me to be able to say, I got drop the N-word and they'll feel some type of way. But like, that's my culture at the end of the day. And I make it my attention and my tentative to make sure that they don't say the N-word. Because like, that's not for you. That's my culture at the end of the day. You can listen to rap music. You can respect rap music at the end of the day. But when it's all our culture, because all, I'm going to show you why. Yeah. All our cultures are intertwined. So no matter, like that's what I was trying to explain to you before. Mm-hmm. About, yeah, it derived from a negative standpoint. Yeah. But no matter what, it's history. Yeah. And But whose history at the end of the day? It's all our history. Really? Because even though you may have been on the, um, the giving end. Yeah. You still have a history to our history. Yeah. Just like we are on the receiving end, we still have a history to your, your upbringing. Yeah. Because we're the reason why you got there. Yeah. It's the same reason, like, we're here while you're there. So, so if that's true, then, then let a, so it goes back to a previous point in our conversation about slavery. Because right. I should feel upset if someone brings up to the point now, it's just like, oh, you shouldn't feel some type of way about blackface. No, that person who's doing blackface now is being drawn from a previous notion of blackface between the either the 20s, the 30s, the 40s, the 50s. At some point in history, blackface was predominantly figured in movie culture, acting culture, school culture, in some way or form. It was bad. But right. now that we are in a more progressive time, we should acknowledge the fact that, no, we're progressive. We should be thinking forward and trying to you know resolve why, our past. You know why blackface... It's bad. It's bad because of the fact. It's so popular as well. Why? It's a deterrent. Yeah. It you scare people away. It will scare us away from wanting to be active. Yeah. You got to understand something. It's called neutralizing. 
they knew what talents we had. Yeah. Of course, we're the ones that cleaned their houses. Yeah. We're the ones that washed their clothes. We're, we're the ones that taught We're them. also the ones that create jazz, rock and roll. We're the ones that you literally build a back of everything that is culture at the end. Now, I'm not going to take away. I understand. I we all got the history. We all have history, but at the end of the day, let me ask this to you. Uh, and you give me your opinion. And you tell me if I'm right or wrong. Black Lives Matter, right? It should always, I'm going to say, black lives should always matter. I hate that shit. All right, look, so let me pick your brain while we're, while we're uh, still recording. Yeah, me, so black lives should always matter. Because at the end of the day, the moment you say all lives matter, right. you take out of the vacuum the concept of my life is more important than someone else's life. So let's start, let's, it's like a stepping stone at the end of the day. So I tell you Black Lives Matter, yeah. and you respond back, no, all lives matter. But wait, my conversation with you was a starting point of saying, hey, what's your name at the end of the day? Jason. Jason, I'm Sean. Nice so Jason, me. Jason, I'm saying your lives matter. And you say, no, 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 all lives matter. I'm like, no, Jason, I'm saying that at the end of the day, if something bad happened to you and it was a racial issue, or something that happened to you, police brutality, anything at all, I'm saying black lives should be a starting point of a conversation. And if someone says, no, 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 Jason would have said all lives matter because I know him. It's like, wait, wait, why are you taking away from Jason's conversation that I'm bringing up? Because I'm trying to I'm trying to start at a standpoint or at a beginning of a conversation that don't forget Jason, he was black. But if someone who may not be black or may be black, which is like, no, all lives matter, like, no, 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 Jason today was black. Just like I'm black, just like a lot of people are, the moment you take away Jason's uh, ownership of his life at the end of the day, you take control of the conversation. At the end of the day, you die as a black man. But once you say, oh, he's no longer black, all lives matter, then everything outside of your life and including every other life that dies takes it into like, oh, Jason's a back figure now. Just like, no, 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 Jason was the starting point of the conversation. Because if you wouldn't have brought up, if I never brought up Jason, you would have never brought up our lives. Right. So in my mind, and this is why I'm playing it to you, is that the fact that BLM should be a starting point of a conversation, and it's not BLM versus all lives. It should be BLM is a starting point of a conversation that leads to the rest of the conversation. Don't try to make it a us versus them conversation. Because okay. think like this. Do you and and how this is? I'm also going to take it. You can say black Black Lives Matter versus All Lives Matters, but I, then you make the conversation, and it's not about uh, slavery versus something else. But if you once you start comparing uh, disabilities or like social problems, it's just like oh well, slavery is the same thing as uh, the Holocaust. No, no, no. Slavery is something that's continuously existing. There are different forms of slavery. You have the prison complex system. You have 1960 up until Jim Crow laws. You have this vacuum that exists. Holocaust is an individual unique instance that happened. And you can't compare the existences or compare the problems. At the end of the day, black culture is still under a form of slavery at some point. A Holocaust existed and millions of people died. Black culture and black people have consistently died under slavery. And black people are still dying under slavery now. Following? So my point is, at the end of the day, you, people make the comparison that Black Lives Matter is either greater or less than Black Lives Matter, and those two aren't starting points of our conversation. No, you're good. Black Lives Matter is a discussion of we are trying to have a narrative of saying this is important. Do not take away the importance of this conversation. What All Lives Matter does is try to say, wait, wait, wait. We understand 
what you're saying, but we want to include everyone. No, no, no. Black lives not saying don't literally start at the starting point. Start at the discussion of you, me, anyone who starts under black culture or black identification at the end of the day. You could be mulatto, you could be biracial. That is the that is where it says no no no. Because no, 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 I'm listening to you. But that's the that's the, that's the logic where it gets taken away because all lives matter discussions, just like, oh no, you're like not for nothing. You think of anything that in the past four years of us like, oh, you know, uh, police brutality, things like that, they're gonna immediately say, oh, Black Lives Matter, and you know, that, that person fell under police brutality, but did they deserve police brutality? No, no one deserves police brutality, because at the end of the day, they were a victim to a crime that should they, they did not deserve. So once the public says that life matters, the narrative then gets turned to their lives matter, versus all lives matter. All lives, at the end of the day, there are 320 million people plus in the United States. But if you were to die now, we should make a focal point of you died under what? Drug abuse, police brutality, something like that. But we want your your death to mean something to create change. All lives matter does not try to create change. They try to acknowledge the overall problem of something that exists. Oh, drug abuse. But placebo effects do not cause, do not create real world change. Now watch this. I'm glad that you said. Hold on, let me go grab this piece of like. Yeah, do your thing. I'm just. Shout out to my boys at Hackensack Bro. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Keep my whistle wet. So, now check this out. Yeah, here we go. 14 0. We'll take it. Called it. Mm-hmm. So, give me a refresher again. I'm going to give it to you. So, at the end of the day, BLM should be a starting point of a conversation of why all things should be a problem. All Lives Matter tries to be a placebo effect to trying to create a solution to all issues. We're not trying to create a, a solution to all issues. We're trying to create a narrative point that, like, a black alive should be a starting point of a conversation to create real-world change. All Lives Matter does not create real-world change at the end of the day. Okay. So, now... I'm going to show you something. When I hear BLM, it makes me cringe because I was once a negative person. Okay. And an uneducated negative person. So check this out. Remember what you were saying earlier about your ancestral being, you know, uneducated and allow these things to happen? Yeah. I said that in a conversation with a brother of mine last week yeah. where I say you know we are holding on to education that past family members passed down to us mm-hmm. which they never did no research to understand what it meant Okay. so we took it in stride because that's our grandmama that's our uncle somebody yeah. in statue instead of going into Wikipedia or something like that and trying to understand what that really meant yeah so a lot of us is walking around here on false pretenses. So I agree with you. And I was like, wow. That's why I'm like, yo, bro, I'm rocking with you right now because you're talking some real dope shit. Uh-huh. And um, now, when I hear Black Lives Matter, I'm looking at it from a negative point of view. Like, wait a minute. If I was white, what the 
fuck about me. Yeah. You know, that's why I said I really don't like that. Because if you chop it up in different ways, you see, like, it could be viewed anywhere. You have to accept it that way. Because at the end of the day, you got to look at how it sounds. Yeah. From that person's point of view versus how it really is, which I can understand. So now, with that being said, I'd rather say not even all live matter. Mm-hmm. I'd rather say justice and equality matters. Okay. Because then justice and equality is on a scale. It balances Ooh. out. Okay. Ooh. So it's okay. no it's no it's no vision, it's no mm. it's no it's no um color, no nothing to it. Ooh, oh, I like I like how you said that. It's no color, no nothing mm. to it. I told you I was gonna trick your brain, man. But you are tricking my brain, but then I I got something right here. I know you I know I see it I see the I see the gears turning. Yeah. Like bro, I'm telling you, like it shouldn't be that way. Because like let's not segregate. Mm-hmm. Let's balance it out. Okay. So, I, I, so let, me, let me ask you this. You say justice and equality should be a scaling factor. Mm-hmm. How do you identify justice? So let me show you something. Because justice right now currently isn't fair to African Americans or oh. any person of, uh, of color. Oh, trust me. I know that. So how can inequality, if you say justice and equality should be the deciding factor, if equality isn't something that's on the spectrum of, of one, not just black people, but any person of color mm-hmm. and someone who is a white descendant or white passing, how are they then not taking advantage of that? So when you say... So uh, now we gotta, mm-hmm. we gotta now study. Ooh. Like, it's, like, it's... I know a lot of people may not believe in the Bible, Quran, or whatever yeah, it is like that, but I'm, I gotta take this. I gotta take this reference out of there. The Bible says, "Study and show yourself approved." Okay. Right. Yeah. So even in class, your teacher would tell you to study and yeah, show yourself. Yeah. Tell you approved. to read. You know what I mean? Tell you to educate yourself. No, and I hear that. And tell you to step in front of the class and, and see if you, you, know, yeah, you yeah, did yeah. your homework from yeah. the last night. So now. Once you study and show yourself, once you study, then you can show yourself a fool because now you know what's right from wrong. Like, let's say for instance, you call it down the middle. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't be, okay, well, you know, because that's my cousin, I'm going to be lenient. No, mm-hmm. my cousin got to get 25 too. Yeah, yeah. So, let me ask you that now. So, if we were to flip it over and then I tell you, hey, justice and equality on a spectrum has been biased because justices or judges, uh, district attorneys, judges across the board have a bias from the very beginning against people of color, minorities, things like that. So what I asked then is, should it not be, you know, as we say, there, um, there's a relation that says, oh no, you have to not let discrimination matter because if you let that matter, then you are preventative of actions. So, like this says, this one, and I'm, I'm using a piece of, uh, I'm following you. A piece of paper, but no, for the people listening, I, it, it's two people running on a pallet on one side, but on the back, it's just all white. So I'm right. going to use this piece of white paper on the back, and then I'm, I'm saying on this white ballot, this is an equal playing field, but that's I'm trying, that's a fact. But if I tell you right now that all I tell you, equality is already biased due to the fact on one you side. Good night, you guys have a good night as well, my man. Enjoy, man. Get up well. safe, all right? Yes, sir. If I tell you that uh, equality or 
uh, fairness is heavily weighted on a different side just due to preference, then it's just like, oh no, judgment is not fair then. Why is it not fair? Because people who are not a person of color have uh, benefits of being non-colored. They're just like, wait, how is this fairness into uh, passing a judgment of them? And it's just like, wait, wait, no, the conversation should begin. Everyone's an even playing field. No matter what in the United States, across the world, there is no even playing field. You cannot start an even playing field until civil society is reconstructed to the point where fairness and equality start at a grounding point that is equal to each other. And I mean equal to each other as if they are starting from a zero point of view of each other so and are raising- So how offset that? Offset that? Where coming from. So what I mean how is they should start from it? zero to zero, not 10 to zero, not how 10, 10. How do you do it? How do you do it? Because you, now that yeah. then you have a great point. Yeah. An excellent point. But now, how do you execute something whereas, you know, you're talking for a ratio and another person's talking for another ratio? Yeah, no, so... So how do we get that in the collective? Some people are going to say social experiment. Some people are going to say you collapse civil society. What I really think is you need to have a constructive criticism across the board, collective minds, radical studies, things like that. But from the beginning point is you and I are having a collective conversation and we both say, let's start at zero. You right. and I agree to the zero point. Right. A third point in this conversation, you know, the bartender, a random person, say, no, no, don't start at zero, start at five. But someone else starts at five and you guys start at zero. No, 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 that doesn't make it fair in this conversation because someone starts with advantage. The collective conversation needs to have a complete agreement that the starting ground is always going to be zero and we can make our way forward collectively. Hmm. Is there going to be advantageous points? Yes. Could you and I see something differently while we're going from zero to one? Yes. Can we get zero to one faster? Yes. Right. But the right. point should be we get to one fairly. Right. But now let's put it like March Madness. Oh, trust me. I know the brackets. The brackets, right? So now we're t- we got the two championships. Yeah. Right. We got the championship now. Mm-hmm. We have the finals. Yeah. It's one team versus the other team. Yeah. But now look at the road that they traveled. Right? Two different roads. Two different roads. Right? One could be easier. One so could be harder. Now, I hear you on that. So now I'm about to reverse it now. Yeah. So now you got the t- we in the championship. Yeah. It's you and I. Yeah. We're representing two different factors, correct? Yeah. So now two different sides. Yeah. But now here's the thing. Those teams that we just ran through yeah. are now supporting us. Yeah. The so teams now, I beat and the teams you beat should supporting you. Exactly. And the teams I beat should support me because exactly. I did better than them. Exactly. So now I'm trying to figure out because like I said, you made a great point. So yeah. now the question I'm asking you now, which I'm trying to figure out, yeah. is how do we now herd the sheep mm. together in order to agree on one page in order for us to be at that podium at that time? So, to be- so that's a great point. What I think needs to be we as players, we as, you know, we'll use March Madness example. I go to my team and I tell them whoever wins or loses at the end of the day is the better team, the better players, because they beat us on a better day. I could make the argument. That's how any final should be. You are the better player at the end of the day. Just like I, you can tell your team or your fan base, you were the, I was the better team. I, the To hurting the sheep, we need to inform them that any day you don't create problems or hatred for the other oh, team. Time out. You see that part though? Yeah. We need to inform them. That's yeah. demanding. That's the part that's going to be the friction on okay. everything. It's- so now we have to remove that component right there. Okay. 
first and foremost. But it's not our job to inform them. It's the collective. Which so Mar- Mar- no. so they didn't. how does March Madness happen? March Madness is a collegiate sport, and then March Madness is supported nationally. So right. our fan base is across the country. Right, but we still need that because I'm going to show you why. Because we're in the we're representing a Two different sides of the bracket. I hear you on that. But, but, but when we get together... We're the finals. We're representing a league. Yeah. We're representing... So, yeah. so we still control the masses. So yeah. this is why. It's, 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 what you just said is kind of like, you know, false. You got you to gotta change the narratives on that one and look at it like we still have to care what everybody else does. I mean, we should care. Because we're representing them. Look, look, I have a so great example. What's your like favorite college team? If you had one. College game? College team. Oh, Be- team. Yeah. Oh, um, UConn. You, you're a UConn fan. I'm a Gonzaga fan. I went to Gonzaga for okay. six weeks. Big fan Yo, of that. I actually like the basketball team. So let's just say that you're UConn, I'm Gonzaga. UConn has one of the greatest women at uh, college football, college, college basketball, basketball teams. Yeah. Gonzaga had one of the greatest basketball teams. So let's just say in that narrative, you're the UConn uh, men's team. I'm the Gonzaga men's team. And I'm coming from the West Coast. You're coming from the East Coast. At the end of the day, we're both in the finals. I have the entire West Coast on my side. You have the entire East Coast on the side. At the end of the day, when we're both in the finals, we need to be able to say, hey, if I lose, East Coast teams are better than me because of how their fundamentals, how they their belief in how to play basketball. Just like if you were to tell your team, because that's the end of the day, we both play basketball. We both play at the end of the day the same sport from two different teams, from two different sides. It is equality at the end of the day because basketball shouldn't be something that is subjective. It's objective team sport. Right. Now, there's a difference between college basketball and street basketball. Correct. There's a difference between college basketball and NBA. NBA. There's a difference between college basketball and street ball. You have these differences. Or at the end of the day, we say performance basketball. That's, you know, uh, tricks and all that shit. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, the, the, the narrative should be if you're an East Coast team, I'm a West Coast team, we both being in the final, or we're two West Coast teams being in the final, no matter what. We should still be able to say we represent the country at the end of the day when it comes to how do we play basketball. So it is equality, but it could be equality on two different sides of this country. It could be equality on two same sides of the country. But equality is only found if are you, is your team entirely white? Is your team entirely black? But at the end, most college basketball oh, teams are entirely see, black. See, you can't. No. Let me out. You can't worry about the entire. That's what I was saying. Mm-hmm. You got 16 other teams mm-hmm. now, right? Yeah. You don't worry about if they're black, white, or whatever. This this is my... This is, all right, so, brother, this is my continent. Okay. That's your side. This, this is, is my side. side. We so, meet I in don't the care if they're black, white. Yeah. I need to get everybody on the same page. Okay. So, now I need to wipe away whatever feud that you have. What okay. can I do that can compensate so that way we can move forward. You don't have to compensate. You won. No, hey man, no, okay. no you, you, you got to compensate. Really? Because, yes, because in order to get everybody on one page peacefully. Oh, I see. Peacefully. There's no force in this. None. Everybody must be willing. I believe in just like the Bible. Once again, I'm going to quote the Bible. It says, even if a man works eight hours or one hour and you agree to that pay, you should pay it. Yeah. So that's that's what I'm saying about equality. You understand justice, like so now justice comes when a man is not being equal. Okay. So now the punishment, like it goes back to back in the day. So therefore, your punishment comes from okay. So you know that you owe this man five hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. You didn't pay him his five hundred dollars. You now have to 
go do some time. Mm-hmm. Because that's the just yeah, amount no. of So that way, that and that time is going to pay off this man for what you owed him. We might have to charge you a little bit extra and a little bit extra for us having yeah. to step into. But that's fair. Yeah, it is. And you must understand that, sir, that you did that and you must take up to it. A lot of people don't know how to own up. Oh, no, of course. So now that's where we need to now get everybody to understand that, yo, listen, we're all not right. Yeah. And instead of sitting there pointing the finger, because it's wasting time from us building a future, let's figure out a common denomination. And let's a common denominator. Okay. Because we need to turn this improper faction to a proper faction so mm-hmm. we can break it down to a decimal and get yes, to this can. percentage. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? That. So we need to go through the proper steps. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying about equality and justice. The proper steps. So now, if you like I just said, if you owe that man, you should pay that man. You should. If you chose not to pay him, there is no excuse to, no. Uh, oh, I made a deal with that other no, man. No, no. no. You I should have you. been honest with yourself and knew that you wasn't capable of okay, doing two yeah. things. So, therefore, instead of looking at this man for amnesty, you should be understanding that man is looking at you for amnesty. Yeah, no, I hear you. So, no, that's what we need to get everybody to understand in order for that concept that you just said to come to fruition. So now we have to think about safe boundaries in order Ooh, to get boundaries. Exactly. Ooh, okay. So to me, boundaries is always going to be something that is hard to discuss because that is something that's always going to be in flux. You know, you can't contra- congregate uh, the herd in the best example. But what I do think you do, and we'll use this piece as a backboard, we use both our phones, for example. Yeah. And I think what it should be is to the fact that is if you say, hey, West Side versus East Side, at the end of the day, we need to both agree in the middle that we both create good music. Fine, we can create good music, but there's going to be different tastes in our music. Right. Fair. How do we get the collective to understand that our music is both equal? We both create rap music, we both create rock music, we both create music at the end of the day. You don't have to get them to do anything we as don't. long as we both agree. Yes, you and I. We both agree that our music is different in certain ways, but it's still beautiful music. Oh, true. And so, none is greater than other is beautiful music. Okay, so that means so our music is the hierarchy. Yeah, it's the starting point and it spills over. And that's so, it. so let me then ask you this. If you and I were to disappear, no longer exist in the vacuum, how do we get our following to continue to follow what we preached? Because now we need to get together because technology has allowed us to now get together at the same time, even when we're not in the same place. Yeah. Because at the end of the day. same camera. Yeah, exactly. Because that's what camera. we're saying. If we use both our phones in this vacuum, if we were to exist in here, you would go that way. And I would say, the fuel still exists. Someone's going to replace us. Right. Newer phones, newer right. people. Are they going to follow your agenda or my agenda? No. They can disagree. They can agree to the agenda. They're going to still fill the vacuum that right. we lack. But now let me show you something. We are going to put them in a position where yeah. they have no choice. Mm. But to follow the structure. Okay, so that means no matter the structure that you and I put in place, that is the good, it's, that is it's the structure. Implemented that was... and it's stuck there. Okay. It's like for instance, Soul Train, yeah. Don Cornelius, right? Yeah. But he never hosted all. No, he didn't. He had different, but you just know Don Cornelius. Yes. 
see that that's that's, what, that's, that's what the, a lot of people forgot how yeah. to do. A lot of people forgot how to follow instruction. Right. Okay. We're gonna go back to the old. Okay. So now let me ask you this. So learn from the old, but how do you tell your kids and your grandkids future future uh, future structure should look like the past? Because we're supposed to learn from a past. If you say the past structure is this, is what your phone is, what my phone is, how do we tell the future, our kids or grandchildren, to say we left the ideology and the the focal points for you to follow? Okay. How do you not say, wait, your kids or my grandkids say, no, 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 your structure is flawed at some point of view. Your identity or your beliefs were flawed. How do they say, wait, we're going to change just a little bit to make it better? Right. We'll take a little bit better as long as you don't change the belief. If you say at the end of the day, our, both our music identity, both our identity and whatever we believe it is still the same. You can change the course you take as long as the agenda stays the same. Now, I'm going to show you something. Yeah. Right. Back in our, back in our day, we didn't have the technology. No, we don't. I remember so, kick. I remember so having a team. Yeah. So if you, sure. if you wasn't paying attention, mm-hmm. you couldn't remember what the fuck was being. No, told. no, of course not. You couldn't remember no. that. So like that's where Generation X. Yeah. I think that's my generation. Yeah. I'm a millennial. <laughs> so but uh, yeah, yeah. You understand? That's where we fucked up at because a lot of us couldn't remember, yeah. and a lot of us that did remember took it as punishment, like yeah. myself. Yeah. Like, I felt like, you know what? You would whoop my ass or you would take me out to the pasture to go mm-hmm. get the sheep and all Yeah. Like, and I'm like, I don't want to do this shit. Like, that was your ever. Yeah. Like, my ever, we supposed to be out here playing around. That was what I was saying to my, my grandparents and all yeah. that back then. But they was teaching me a structure, mm-hmm. an old formula that worked consistently. Yeah. Like, yo, that shit is crazy. Like, I'm sitting here like, now when I, I think about it, I'm like, wait a minute. When I used to go to the pasture to go get the... Oh, my... When I used to go to the bar... I said the bar. <laughs> when I used to go to the pasture to go get my sheep and, and stuff like that to bring back home. Yeah. Then, like, what they taught me... Is what I naturally, instinctively did. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, oh, let me tell you. There's this young kid at my church, right? Yeah. I saw him the other day. I was at um, at the restaurant getting some food. He was coming down from yeah. school. I was like, yo, what's up, bro? He's like, yo. I was like, yo, how your day? He's like, yeah. He's like, yo, how's your day? I said, yo, bro. I guess we're both having the same love. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? He's like, he's like that. I said, yo, bro, bro, I don't know what made me tell him this. I said, yo, listen, man. I know how you feel right now. You go to school, you don't really want to go there right now. You know what I mean? You don't want to do the homework and shit like that. But let me tell you something, right? That same pressure that you're feeling right now, yeah. intensify that by like 50. Yeah. When you when you get out of school. Because that same requirement that they got for you in school is the same the requirement at the wow. job. Yeah. No. So get used to it now. Mm-hmm. So that way when you get older, you ain't sitting there like, well, why do I got to work? No, I hear you on that. Like, so, yeah, bro, like, so, it's, you just teaching the way. So now we have the, the tools in order for people to visually see us, show them how to do the way yeah, from no. start to finish. 
and that's what keeps the structure in place. Okay, that'll, I hear you on that. That'll make it like the Bible now. Mm. The, the, like, yo, Just, this is how we got the world back together. And now when we disappear, someone else that, has a placement for us. Yeah. They can't change that structure yeah. unless they're going to make it better than what mm. we did. I hear you on that. I respect so that. we put you in a position only to do better. And succeed. Because we don't succeed. want you, at the end of the day, we don't want you to we fall apart. We don't want you to be like our forefathers mm-hmm. that put us in a position too fair. And that's where it's at, bro. All right, my bad. Yeah, man. Like, bro, I love this build, man. Yeah, it was great.